yelling. Sorry. <laughs> so we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Carson Wentz trade, the Los Angeles Lakers being in a slump, the Brooklyn Nets having a win streak, possible Kristaps Porzingis trade offers, and the Seahawks possibly entertaining a trade for Russell Wilson. But before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Muhammad, and I'll let my partner introduce himself. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news. Time for the news. News on the way. <laughs> yeah, it's time for the news. So let's dive right into it with the Carson Wentz trade. So the Philadelphia Eagles traded Carson Wentz, the disgruntled quarterback, for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts. So, with the trade of Carson Wentz, who won this trade? The Colts or the Eagles? Uh, I'm definitely more inclined to say the Colts, but even just like uh, looking back at it now, it's been a couple days on this trade. It sounded like both aren't really that happy with the trade, which is weird. Um, they moved... What they needed to move, they got, I guess, what they both needed to get. But they kind of both seem unsettled by their choices, even though I definitely will say it's the Colts, because at least they have a possibility of a hope of a future. Yeah, um, I'm going to say it's definitely the Colts because they get a player in return, um, somebody who has possibly or they, they had somewhat of a history of playing well, but as of recent, not that well. And they have that same um, head coach that helped him get to that point. So I think that's a win for them already. Uh, but the Eagles, they don't get much in return for their first round draft pick. And they have to take on some of that dead money. So you're basically out of money and you lost draft pick. Or, well, you gained some draft picks, but they're not really that great. It's, it's not comparable. I honestly think they couldn't really win. Because they 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 won and lost the draft before when they got um, uh, Jalen Hurts. Like th this was what they were setting up for it to happen. This is why it was such a problem on draft night. He is seen as a quarterback who is eventually going to start, maybe not start eventually uh, straight off like Hurts did, but he he came in a few times last year. So they really built themselves to be in this position hedging their own bets, but really they have a whole lot more unknowns than knowns. I would definitely agree. The Eagles, they, I mean, even though Jalen Hurts was able to play um, above average compared to what Carson Wentz was doing, um, nothing is set in stone. I mean, they could go and draft another quarterback this year in the first round because they have a pretty high, high pick. I think they're like number six. So they, they could definitely go the same route that they did last year with drafting a quarterback and try to put some competition um, with Jalen Hurts and just see what they got. But they're just a mess, the Eagles. I don't know what they're really going to do. 
I agree. It was it's, this is about the front office and mismanagement. It's clearly mismanagement in this situation because you're filling spots that are already filled. You're you're filling a spot for somebody you just gave a large contract to. So you're you're eventually going to end up with one of them not working out. Now it's really like we don't know which one is going to work out, but we we have to get rid of something. We got to do something, and all choices are bad. Um, what they really need is to build on the defense. They they really do. They're going to need to go for it with being right behind Hurts, but it could be like you said, just next year that they draft another quarterback very easily. I, I don't think it's really out of. Uh, the way of thinking and that they could end up doing the same thing next year, which once again puts them in the same exact position, but without the contract attached to Hertz. What I'm saying, they try to get one right now. I mean, in a couple of months, <laughs> whenever this draft oh, comes up, sorry. they have a high pick. Yeah. Uh, so they you, could do that do right now. Would, do you think they would trade Hertz also? Mm, only if he causes trouble. I, I don't see why they would trade Hurts. I mean, um, it, it just depends. It, it depends on if he is looking to be that starter. And, of course, I think at this point he kind of is. But um, they they just set themselves up for failure. I don't know what they do with this, and they just need to start with a clean slate. <laughs> that's, that's what's weird, but even entertaining that idea actually sounds like the best idea. Because you get the most for it. You can trade him out with the hope that he can be that starting quarterback for somebody else. Gain some some probably pretty valuable pieces. Um, so, if anything, if you want to start off scratch, start off from scratch. Even though Hurts only has one year on this. But there's not large confidence behind him being that future quarterback. Yeah, um, I think there's a few quarterback needy teams, especially the Patriots. They're one. Um, they're looking for their quarterback of the future. Cam Newton could possibly be that one. Um, I know we're going to talk about him a little later, but uh, the, the Patriots just they want anybody at this point. Um, Jared Stidham, everybody knows he's not the guy. Um, whoever, whoever else is behind him, maybe that's Brian Hoyer. He's garbage. Um, they're just looking for a quarterback. I would agree. And, and to go a little bit off subject, but one subject with the Wentz and the Colts, one reason, like, he, there's a receiver out there who already wears the number 11, who's not about to give up the number for Wentz. I think there's not much respect for him in that franchise, even though it seems like a new, uh, new start off. He can actually have a team that's his team. But I don't think they've really given him, are going to give him that type of uh, leeway or that type of control about the team's decisions. Or, shoot, you can't even get the respect of a, a backup. Well, not backup. I don't think he's a backup, but a receiver to give you his number, which, you know, pretty much always happens when a quarterback gets his number. Yeah, but for the most part, it's whenever that quarterback changes teams, they've had some clout to where they, they've built something up. But when you look at Carson Wentz, yeah, he won a Super Bowl and almost won a regular season MVP, but he didn't finish the deal in all of those situations and has barely played in a playoff game. So he's really like a, a rookie quarterback in this situation. You could have poured on a little bit more because all of that actually <laughs> happened inside one season. He, he about won the MVP before they won the Super Bowl. 
and he wasn't the reason why they won the Super Bowl. So you really could have poured on more because that that's really a distant pass. Like I almost really forgot he was in that really solidly in that race. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely in that race. He tore his ACL and, you know, he was done for. And then Nick Foles picked it up and uh, played well to go to win a Super Bowl. Say what? Ended up with a statue. (sighs) Yeah, an overrated quarterback. But, you know, he he played well in his moments. He did what um, he was supposed to do. (laughs) He did. And, I mean, now look at him. Can barely get a job. Truly? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, but you are cherished. You have a, a whole fan base behind you. Like it was worth it. It's worth it in that if I needed to trade careers or I'm thinking who has, I wouldn't say I want uh, Nick Foles' career, but comparing those two quarterbacks on the same team, I'm going to choose Nick Foles because Wentz, it could be better, but I don't think it gets better than the way Philly feels about um, Nick Foles. Yeah, yeah, he he will forever be um, in their debt. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. So, so yeah, they'll, they'll definitely remember him forever. But let's move it along to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks possibly looking for a trade for him. So there have been some teams that have asked about Russell Wilson. Um, reportedly, twenty eight teams have asked if Russell Wilson is available, but the Seahawks have not publicly said anything but with possible speculation of russell wilson being traded do you think the seahawks would win a trade uh would they win a trade Mm -hmm. trading Um, away i think yes i I do think they'll win the trade but good god any trade i don't know about any trade but the, what, what they're demanding, they're going to win any trade. Three first-rounders, they're going to win if that, that is the case, and they actually give somebody gives that up. But 28 teams, I want to point at that. Good God almighty. Some of these quarterbacks got to feel a little threatened because that means only eight teams? You said 28? No, that's less four. than that. Four. That's four teams. Four teams didn't ask about uh, trading out their quarterback? That's quite concerning to pretty much all the league, because I can probably name out the people who didn't uh, reach out to get him. That would be Tampa Bay, because they just won uh, with Tom Brady. Uh, That would be Patrick Mahomes. I'm not even sure Packers didn't reach out. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it it gets interesting. I think that's the more interesting story, but uh, I would say, yeah, for what they're demanding and what they're asking for, because they're not really they're saying they're not entertaining it, but they're saying if we are entertaining it, we want three first-round draft picks, then yes, they'll win the trade. But I'm really interested in the story about these only four other teams that did not ask for whether he was available. That's a lot of teams. Yes, that is a whole bunch of teams. I mean, who's really safe around here? I don't think anybody's safe at this point um, when you look at the NFL. So, is if you're not winning championships, they're always looking for a trade. Um, but I think that the Seahawks could possibly win the trade. It's, it's all about who they draft. But you never know until years down the line. So I would say in the now, whatever team trades for uh, Russell Wilson, if he's if he ever is traded, 
they'd probably win for the present, but in the future, possibly could be the Seahawks. I think it's a mutually uh, good situation. You, if you get those high draft picks, then you get a new start, you get a new quarterback, something you can build on, and you also have those other two first-round picks where you can build on a defense. So I think really both could win at the same time, even though I don't think Seahawks will make it as far as the team that gets Russell Wilson. Well, possibly. It just depends on what team that is. I know that they want to probably get the most out of whatever team that um, they try to trade them to, if that happens. Uh, let, let's say like the 49ers. I think they're, they are pretty much a ready-made team for him to take on to the Super Bowl, but it just depends on, on like what they're offering. And they're within the division, so I'm not sure if they really want to help them out. Um, most teams don't want to help somebody who is their direct competition and trying to win the division. So I, I don't know if that works out, but if it's some team in the AFC, maybe the Patriots, you know, maybe get them in there. I don't, I'm not sure if cheap Bill Belichick will give up three first round picks, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I, I know they, they, they're looking for it. They ain't got it to spend. They don't even got it to spend. No, no, this year, this year, they, they have more and more cap space for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I swear my mind is like running on who are these teams who reached out because that means the Cardinals, somebody with a solid quarterback who you see as your future. Once again, they, they reached out. Colts probably reached out before they got wins. Um, like, I, I, it just I am quite fascinated by which quarterbacks aren't safe on their team. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll never know. Um, we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo, he's one that people don't really see a future with, with um, the 49ers. Uh, Didn't the Rams just get somebody? They got Matthew Stafford. Matthew but, Stafford. So do you think they still reached out, even though they got Matthew Stafford? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been before that. I don't know. I'm not sure how long these talks have been going on, or possible and, talks. And sorry, I forget. Then we got to count out one team, which is the actual team he's on. So it's really only three teams who didn't reach out. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's that's crazy. Uh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're not winning, you're safe. Yeah, you're not safe. But um, sounds like I, the Packers reached out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of these teams say one thing in the public. And then behind closed doors, they're plotting to do win the MVP, else. and uh, he won the MVP this year. And they also uh, shopping him on the back end. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of teams would still be interested in Aaron Rodgers. So those oh, ready-made yeah. teams, I definitely agree. Aaron Rodgers is a great pick uh, to pick up, but I, I'm just extremely fascinated because there's not that many teams out there. There are not that many real jobs out there, but there are franchise quarterbacks on these teams, which means there are only three teams. We, I'm pretty sure it's Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs didn't reach out. The uh, Tampa Bay didn't reach out. It's really only one team that's a mystery, and I probably could think through who the last person is. That means everybody else is the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... There's uh, there's a few teams out there who really need a quarterback. I mean, just the basics, not even just the, one of the best quarterbacks out there. But um, mm-hmm. did you have something else to say on that topic? No, not really. No. Okay, so we'll move along to Cam Newton and how he has talked about 
you know, his his future. He said that no way he retires. He doesn't want to go out like that. And he was also taunted by a teenager that told him, quote, you're about to be poor. So with the comments from this teenager, do you think Cam Newton was right in his response? I do think he was right. It, it, it's, it throws me. It doesn't fully throw me for a loop. That is the culture of the young people. We're just going to go for as much of a shock value. He clearly is not about to be poor. Clearly. He is literally sponsoring the camp you're at. So that's that's not true. And it was just highly disrespectful. He was just trying to get at camp because he thought he could just get at him. I don't even think he thought I'm going to go viral. So I, I think Cam... Actually, what was the full question? Because I want to answer the actual question. So do you think he was right in his response? So his response right. was, talk to your father or your yeah. parents. Okay, so because I do and I don't like his response. He fed into it. That, that, that does, makes me not care for his response. That's the only reason why. But he felt he needed to address it because he was being loudmouth. He thought he could probably say one thing, shut him up, and keep it moving. But dude just kept being loud about it. He really couldn't ignore it. He probably was trying to pay attention to a, a play on the actual field, and he's chirping in the background uh, in his ear and won't stop commenting about it. So he did. He took the high road. I think that's the high road. Where's your father? Because he was about to sun the hell out of him. Uh, literally <laughs> so uh, i think it was the right approach but just so happens that his father wasn't actually around uh to be able to son him because otherwise now if you're because that's what he was really trying to do he was trying to see whether his father had that same energy that his son has and not to fight the son fight the uh the father but to either address this as your son needs to act right or either you need to come see me and we can talk this uh talk this talk because you've grown and i can talk like that to you yeah, I mean, I, I like his response. I mean, because you shouldn't try to go back and forth with a child, um, even though the teenager might think that they are grown and they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, their judgment, their judgment isn't the best. Um, they have a lot of experience that they need to get just to get to, let's say, Cam Newton's level, because he was he was talking to Cam Newton like he was a child, like you're about to be poor, like trash talking. him like, no, this we're, we're not on the same level. Let me speak to your father. Man, I, let's get on the on the field right now. Let me truck you. He was talking to him like he could see him, whether it be yeah. sports-wise or I don't know about fighting-wise, but at least sports-wise, he was saying it like he could actually see him in any form of that athletic athleticism. Yeah, but, you know, the... Teenagers, you know, they, they can be very disrespectful and just think that they are better than what they are um, until, you know, they get knocked in the mouth, maybe by you or by somebody of their same age. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I do like in response with, um, let me speak to your father. But it's just unfortunate that his father wasn't around to speak to. Yeah, eventually, of course, is I think, if anything, the boy did bad detriment to himself. He about to get blackballed easily by a lot of different things. Unless his talent is great, he's going to get blackballed. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure on that. 
uh, unless his talent is absolutely great, he's gonna get blackballed. He ain't coming back to no camps. He ain't. Coaches are going to see this as a reflection of who he is, even though that was a little bit of a moment. And there's a lot of times that teenagers or anybody of any age ends up with those type of situations where they're just competitively arguing. Yeah, but it's unfortunate in this day and age, mostly anything that you do out in the public, that it can be recorded without you even knowing. And then in this situation, it goes viral. Now, he should have thought before he spoke, but, you know, you can be very irrational as a teenager and even beyond that. But he just made a huge mistake that could really affect him a lot going down the road. Now, like you said, he needs to be extremely talented to overcome it. But um, it's already a a minuscule, well, a, a small amount of players that he is playing around right now that makes it to that next level even at the college level, and then beyond that. So he's going to have to really um, be very talented. I completely agree. He got his his temporary clout. I'm pretty sure he getting all the lo- love uh, from his fellow teenagers, uh, schoolings. And it, it'd probably be great if he actually was able to go to school because they were only on online classes. But... I, this is going to have temporary fo- uh, temporary fame and long-time uh, effects. Yeah. Um, if you get caught on camera in, in, in the public, I mean, it, it can make you or break you. And in this situation, this could a- age very poorly for him. Um, but let's move along to the Los Angeles Lakers and how they lost to the Washington Wizards, 127 to 124. So LeBron James scored 130. No, sorry. He scored 31 points, not 100. Um, had 13 <laughs> assists <laughs> and nine rebounds, but fell to the Washington Wizards by three points with Bradley Bill scoring 33 points and Russell Westbrook scoring 32 points. And Anthony Davis is still out. But with the Lakers now slumping with losing three straight, do you think it's time to worry about their championship hopes? I wouldn't really worry about their championship hopes. We all know how this goes with uh, LeBron-led teams. It's really about the now. How do we get over this to stay in position of what the work we've already put in? I don't really worry about championship aspirations i definitely worry about them needing to still make moves but that was going to need to be need to happen anyway uh throughout the rest of this point what they need to do is just get past this low point where normally lebron would need to really kind of cruise or either just do the amount of effort he puts in which is 31 points which is already quite amazing he actually has to put in even more effort in these situations which is not really what they need for him to be ready for the end of this race, especially with the shortest offseason in any professional sports ever. So there is a certain amount of worry that needs to happen, but we all know when the the lights are on, when the games matter, LeBron's going to come through. Oh, yeah, definitely. His efficiency and basketball IQ is at the best of the best. Um, And I don't think this really puts a damper on their 
championship hopes or expectations. But it, it, it is just a, a slight slump in their season, and they need to get out of it somehow uh, because they do have some of the better teams coming up with the Trailblazers, the Jazz, and the Suns, um, all in the West. So they really need to get back on track and win at least two of the next three games so they can stay ahead in the Western Conference rankings. I would agree, but I'm actually, I know you're not probably asking who's to blame or anything like that, but I'm going to blame Frank Vogel. And I know this comes along with every coach who is attached to LeBron, but there's a reason why it comes along with attached to LeBron. It's because he's going to get you there whether you're coaching him or not. We don't really ever see anybody as the real coach over LeBron. LeBron is the one that you're going to de facto decide in every situation because we all know he more than likely knows better. Uh, but this is where I blame it on the coaches and even previous coaches who had LeBron. When they don't have him or when it's a hard situation, they need to be showing that they can actually coach. Uh, this was what I got on about Steve Kerr. And his lack of getting to the playoffs last year, just because you don't have everybody doesn't excuse you from not still winning games and being a great coach. So I'm going to place blame on Frank Vogel to make the adjustments. You're the coach. Yeah, he's got to make adjustments, but two of 10 shooting from the three point range for LeBron James is not good. Um, So he definitely needs to pick up, pick it up on that. (laughs) But uh yeah, the coach definitely needs to make adjustments, but I don't think we can always point the finger at everybody else and not the player who's actually on the court. True, but in this situation, I can't be blaming LeBron. He's the one doing the most. He is scoring 31 points, so now you're saying he needs to be scoring 37 points? I'm saying he needs to be more efficient. I'm not saying you specifically, but in general, they're saying... But even in efficiency, he's very good at that. He, they are still, even in those games that they're losing, if you watch like the ends and things like that, they're amazing plays that get set up that could get them there. That's why they even get going to overtime in these situations, which is tacking on more minutes. But even in the loss that they had before this one, before the Washington one, I can't remember who they were playing, but it was a last play where LeBron stole the ball on the inbounds, bounced it, uh, set up, uh, was it Kuzma? No, it wasn't Kuz. It was uh, um, what's the white guy with the ball head? <laughs> the white mamba. Um, yeah, what's his real thing? I don't know. I can't think of his name right uh, now. But you they know, played you, you <laughs> got on me, but uh, uh, Caruso. Sorry, Caruso. I yeah. can think. I can see it, but Caruso had an open three that could have hit to either. Well, actually, more than likely win the game in that because they lost about two. So I don't really fault him on his decision-making, efficiency, things like that. It's really just that little bit more he needs from the teammates aren't coming from them, and he doesn't have the same team he had last year. So it's really about adjustments, and I'm not pointing it towards any certain player. I really think it's about the coaching, because if it's really only a two- to four-point difference, that's that's coaching, I would think. Okay. I can definitely see that point. Um I, I definitely do think coaching does uh, make the difference in the, in this situation whenever you have these close losses. But um, I think also Dennis Schroeder 
or Schroeder, whatever. He's he's out. He's their probably their third best scorer on the team. So um, that affects everything. And LeBron playing all these extra minutes is not really good at this point. But with LeBron now playing 43 minutes in his last game and now averaging a high amount of minutes played, do you think he's playing too many minutes? Yes, I definitely think he's playing too many minutes. He's not going to say he's playing too many minutes, but I think he's playing too many minutes. He, I, I, he, we don't deserve the star that he is and the player that he is, I think, because he actually goes towards the narrative that any negative narrative, he goes out his way to go against it when he really doesn't have to prove the point and it's really not towards his main goal. He just wants to knock everything off the list that people have a complaint on. So they don't have a complaint, even though they will have a complaint. And I think that that's extremely commendable. He is playing way too many minutes. He needs to be selfish in these situations, but he's not going to get any leeway by releasing the amount of minutes. If anything, everybody's out here saying he got to do more, which is, is so counterproductive to his actual goal but he's forcing the situation to address all these things without messing up the narrative of what he really wants which is the MVP and what he deserves well I want to go by what the man said I don't get tired so I'm not playing too many minutes so I'm going to say no he he should keep playing as long as he wants to Um, 43 minutes 50 minutes 100 minutes keep playing because he said he doesn't get tired and this is why we don't deserve that star. <laughs> just, just because somebody's sick and say they all right, and you see that they shouldn't be uh, going out to go do this or do that, don't mean that they're still supposed to do it. Like, he's still not supposed to do it. He's just doing it. He doesn't get tired. I don't think he does get tired. It's about at the end. It's at the end of the season. We ain't even talking about a week from now. We're not talking about a month from now. We're not even talking, I don't even think, two months from now. We're talking when the playoffs start. If he's tagged up all these minutes, has a whole back season on his, a full season, plus the bubble uh, behind him, plus the shortest uh, offseason, and then tacking on the most minutes he's probably ever played, uh, that's just not built for being, to having those legs when you get to the finals, which is what really counts. I can definitely agree with that, but if... I can put my trust in anybody. It's LeBron James. He said he's not tired. He wants to play all these minutes. Let him play. I think he always tests his luck, though. He is, he's testing a luck that something that just has not really happened to him. Uh, it's like he doesn't. I, I, I'm not sure how to say It's like that invincibility uh, um, mental about teenagers where they don't think they actually get hurt or they're not actually going to die or things like that. He doesn't okay. actually think that he gets he can get hurt or that he can get tired eventually. You might not be tired now. You might not have been tired before, but at some point you can become tired. Yeah, I can agree with that. He probably thinks he's invincible because he, for the most part, has not had a major injury. I mean, he had that groin injury where he was out for a significant amount of time, but nothing where he had to miss a season or a playoff series or anything. So, I think, yeah, he he probably still thinks that he is invincible. And he probably is. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I agree. I want to say, he might be the closest thing to it, invincible basketball-wise, because he is, uh, like, anomaly when it comes to uh, 
injuries, consistency, all of that. All, all We can go on for days on all of that. But I do think he does not know that – or he doesn't think that age is actually going to catch up to him. And that is something – age always wins. There is Age is undefeated. Everybody else is the loser. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for the most part. But, I mean, if he – paces himself but in this situation doesn't look like it um he can he can ward off his age for i would say a a good amount of years maybe five five more years i'm not sure um he just has to keep that's what i'm hoping for that's what i'm hoping for but if you got to push a pace that shortens the timeline more than likely yeah but he's lebron james he can do anything (laughs) <laughs> Boy, we we really don't deserve this star. Boy, we think him he is Superman. I just, I, I just think we over. We're not going to have the true appreciation for him until he is not available to actually play a game. Yeah, I mean he's he's um. I'm trying to think of something better than Superman, but he's he's all of that because <laughs> he has been a very durable Iron Man the cor- throughout his whole yeah, career. There you go. Exactly, the quote-unquote Iron Man. Yeah, but let's move along to the Brooklyn Nets and how they have been on a five-game win streak with wins over the Warriors, Kings, Suns, Lakers, and Clippers, um, all scoring in the hundreds. So with the Nets on this five-game win streak, do you think... They're finally putting it together. Um, that's a, a complicated question. Because who is the we? Because KD is not in that equation right now. Uh, that's Kyrie and Harden, which we really didn't think was like the magical duo. But they out here balling. Uh, so I wouldn't say yes just yet because we don't have the third factor. And... With that third factor comes who is the person who takes the last shot. Um, when Harden, and it's just Kyrie, Harden tends to back back up uh, to letting Kyrie be the person who is going to take that last shot or keep attempting to take that last shot. And he's okay with that. But we all know once KD comes back, the person who's supposed to get it, or even by the media, is going to say supposed to get it, is going to be KD. So it's, I wouldn't say they've really found it. They've done great. They've made amazing adjustments. They've decreased the, they decreased a little bit amount of how much these play, these teams are scoring on them and people aren't having career uh, scoring days when they see them, but I wouldn't say they have it all together. I think it's a great, great sign though. Yeah. I think they are trending up, but like you said, they don't have Kevin Durant. And that's going to be another factor whenever it comes to all of them playing at once. But I think that these are all great players and they'll find a way to figure it out. I mean, they can all pretty much shoot and score at will and they just need to get them in a rhythm and then they'll be fine. I, I, I think once they start to get more playing time together, they'll be fine and they're trending in the right direction. I would agree. Like, I, I don't, I know this is off subject in a way, but about basketball, but where's like all the news about Giannis this year? It's like, he's just 
disappeared for the most part because they're not on top of the league on uh, throughout the full season. Or it, it just seems like they've blurred him out from the news cycle in general. Well, I would say it's because, yes, you're winning MVPs, but we're tired of talking about that. When are you going to get to the championship or the NBA finals? We need more than just regular season numbers and records and all that stuff. What are you going to do in the postseason? And I think that's going to spell a possible doom for the Nets. I don't think they actually lose to the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I, from what I'm seeing now, I don't see it actually happen because they're not going to outshoot them. It's whether Giannis can just dominate and he's going to have to purely dominate. And what they're going to do is they're going to keep him away from the basket. So if he can't hit these like mid-range jumpers, they're going to they're going to beat him, which I think is the situation. But since there's not so much shine on him, he's been able to be a little bit more out of the spotlight and more to prove. He had more to prove then, but I think it's like it's simmering in him. And it's, it's built for an upset for him to do it. Or it could be Philly. Or maybe that's just my hopes of them getting crushed before they get to the actual finals. Wow. Well, I mean, why don't you want to see them? What's the problem? I don't want to see... I don't want to see them... Because you know what's going to come along with that? Like, them just even just making the finals. Not them making it there and losing, because that's... It's not okay, but it is okay. But them just making it there will get this whole air about them that's going to be against LeBron. It's going to be the, oh, we, we came together, we got to the finals, uh, and we didn't need a chemistry uh, combining to, to get it right. We, it, it's just it's that air about two of the players on that team, because it's not Harden. It's the air about how Kyrie feels he is LeBron and can be a better LeBron, even though he's not at all. And also the fact that KD thinks he's also LeBron or better and once again, he's not. So I, I just don't want to feed into that narrative because if they get there, that narrative is going to be there. <laughs> well, um, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, kind of speechless, but um, I, I don't I don't see a problem with them making it in their first year. I know that it'll be kind of just putting together parts that don't really seem like they fit. But it I mean it'll be a fun ride. It'll it'll almost be like an all star game for finals. Well, I, and I don't even think that the the narrative is just going to be all about LeBron. Boy, they're going to throw it on on the media too. This whole, that whole, even that comment, a bunch of pieces that don't seem like they fit, they're going to go in about it. They, they're talkers when it comes to a time of having leverage to talk, even though they might not have finished the actual situation. So I think they're going to go in on the media. Oh, y'all doubted us. Y'all, I was about to get traded early in the season, which they'll be right to a certain degree, but it, they're just going to rub people's faces in it if it does actually happen. So let, let's say that the Nets you know, make it to the finals and they win it. Do you think that the, uh, let's say all these parts, the, the media says all these parts that don't seem like they fit and they win a finals. 
do you think that is a shot at LeBron? No, not that specific thing. But if they win, it will be shots at LeBron. LeBron will, to, to the media's narrative and their own narrative, they're going to say that LeBron has been dethroned. Whether he is the one in the championship they beat or whether they don't face him in the championship. Because if they don't, they say, oh, he's, he's lost it. He didn't even get there. He can't even be talking. And we won. And if he does get there, you know, that's even worse. They're just going to pour that on. Four and what? what four, four and seven in the finals. <laughs> they they are going to pour it on about him. And then KD also gets his validation of his move. He, he'll he, like literally I think there's just going to be a spit of hate everywhere. It's going to be some Golden State hate. There's going to be some media hate. There's going to be some LeBron hate. There's going to be a whole, oh, um, the East is still trash and we own this. It's going to be so much negativity coming from that team winning that I really don't want to have to even address it when it well, comes to the time. <laughs> Everybody's not against LeBron James. I mean, he has millions upon I'm not millions saying everybody. of fans. I'm saying two people. What you're saying that the media is going to pile on with them winning if the Nets win over the Lakers? Oh, that's just a narrative. That they they always looking to dethrone LeBron. That's why he hasn't won the MVP in all these years when we all know for the past 14 years he has been the best player in the whole world. So that that's that comes along with being LeBron. They're always looking for somebody who can be as close to him. And then they'll be like, hey, maybe this is the season that we're supposed to give it to them, even though LeBron, ah, he didn't do these other in possible expectations he's still doing amazing things but uh we put the standard up here because it's lebron so we can't give it to him that's just the way it goes with lebron so they're they're always looking for his successor they did that with Giannis constantly and that has gotten that narrative gotten thrown out so hard that they can't even address it again that they've pushed Giannis out of the cycle that mvps aren't worth nothing to them along with everybody else yeah, I can see that. I mean, they, they always want to get that next it guy. Um, so when LeBron eventually leaves one day, they'll have somebody that they can talk about constantly. But I guess it just organically happens. It's not something that you force. I agree. And I'm, I'm telling you, they, the only people who's been in the wings for them, they've been one in a crown. It's three people. Giannis, Kawhi, and uh and KD. I think they're going to drop Kawhi out whether he wins it this year or not. If they beat the Lakers or not, he is not going to be considered like that as the uh heir apparent. Last year he was. Like he was very much in that race for being the heir apparent. But even if they made it all the way there, won all of that stuff, went through the Lakers, they're not they're not gonna put that above LeBron's uh dethroning. But when it comes to KD, they've really already thrown out Giannis. So it's really only KD. That's why I just think it spells badly for the narrative of things since they've been waiting for like four or five years to dethrone him as the best and putting KD there. Yeah, they've been waiting for the next guy. Um, they were even talking about uh, what's his name? Zion Williamson, definitely, but not as much mm-hmm. news coverage with him. So. He thinks um, they're doing very good. Yeah, but they, they, they just want that next guy. Um, you know, they so the NBA can Ball be Ball. as relevant. 
They moved on to Lamar. Sorry, that's a Lamar, but uh, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, possibly, <laughs> but there's a lot that has to happen with him. But um, let's move along to Kristaps Porzingis, and now he could be possibly traded. So the Mavericks currently do not have Kristaps Porzingis, and he has been injured multiple times in important moments. So with possible trade rumors for Kristaps Porzingis, where do you think the best fit would be for him? This is going to sound real bad, but Portland. <laughs> That's like the dump off spot. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But when I thought about it, no contender needs him. I just, from what I'm thinking, like they already kind of have their players for that type of position. It's not going to be Philly. Um, I don't think it'll be the Nets. That that's something that I don't think they can afford. Uh, I, I don't think it is. Maybe the Celtics. I give you the Celtics, but that's still once again not really overwhelmingly adding a piece. I don't see him at the Lakers. It just doesn't seem. Even though they need tall people, he's not the type of tall person they need. I don't even see him at the Clippers. I really don't see him with any real contender other than somebody who's a dark horse and has other good players. So I'm, I would say Portland. That's really it. Portland. Um, yeah, he could possibly fit there, but maybe you have him at Denver and have, you know, the twin towers with, um, Nicole Yoke Joker and, and Chris Joker and the unicorn. Joker in the uh, yeah, it sound good, but I don't think it the works. The second twin towers Actually, that might work because they they're both outside big man shooters. Um, Jokic he plays more like a big man. Porzingis uh, he plays with his his uh, chest to the to the hoop, so he really doesn't back people down. So I, I can see it working if any. Yeah, that's another one. But those are all dump off spots who are contenders, but not real contenders in anybody's real mind. And when they're considering who's going to win. Yeah, but it could tip the scale in their favor somehow if he can stay healthy. And, you know, they, they could work around that. It doesn't seem like they are doing as good as they have the past couple of years. But this might help them in a good way. I'm not sure what they give up for him, though. Yeah. So are you saying that's your answer, Denver? Yeah, the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Like I really, but do you see see any contender actually entertaining something like like I know they're a contender, but like I'm talking about the top six of the real contenders. The top six? I mean, the Spurs they are at number six. <laughs> I had no idea that Spurs were even in that uh, type of conversation. It, it keeps them in Texas, but I don't think that moves any type of meter. Maybe Golden State. Maybe they, they Actually, could yeah. pop. I forgot about that. They they did say that that was a likely landing spot. I did forget about that. That is actually more likely than any one of the other ones. Right, if anything, that's the best spot, just along with Nuggets. Uh, Portland is just really just putting them out there to maybe maybe y'all can do something. But yeah, I would agree with your two selections: either go to State or Denver. Yeah, um, I think those are some pretty good spots, but what do you give up to get him? Um, because I'm pretty sure that the Mavericks want to definitely get some type of comparable 
compensation from them, whether that's a draft pick or draft picks or, you know, a really good player that they, they can pair with Luka Doncic. Aren't they, don't they have a, a few different picks now or was that last year? Did they use up all those picks? I'm really not sure about that. <laughs> they have young players to spare, but nothing that I think that Dallas is really going to want. So if anything, it's going to be picks. I don't even know of any like phenom or close to phenom or interesting players in the in college right now. So that might be due to COVID and not news being out there. But I really don't know of anybody who's even worth it to hope out for the draft. So I, I don't know what moves the meter for Dallas to make that trade, but that is the better choice of selections. They can get a bunch of young pieces, but I don't think that Dallas is in a rebuild mode. It's, it's what can we add to actually be competitive. So I, I'm not sure how that works, but maybe they can work it out. Yeah, maybe possibly they, they could work it out. I know that they try to put Luka Doncic in that, in that, um, MVP race before the season even started, but looks like he has not lived up to that. But they definitely want to pair him with somebody else. I would agree. And I, this is probably a radical idea, but not fully radical. But I think that COVID has affected some of these players. And I think Luca would be one of those people. Uh, he already had small amount of problems with like weight control, like just sit around and eating. Um, and he plays himself into shape. But I think that may be affecting some of these players. And I think Luca is one of those people. Well, I mean, you just have to learn to eat better. I mean, you're a professional athlete and they expect you to be at a certain weight. So, I mean, that's part of your job. Is it? <laughs> that, that's true. But Luca has just gotten to the U.S. He has not been in the U.S. But, but this is going on his third year, not even fully in his third year in the actual US. Um, there's he was much younger at that time. It, it's I just think it's about being able to sit around and not having as much as a urgency for these things, especially when players are out, other things aren't working out. Uh, it's not like you're you're fueled by the crowd, which I think at least half of these players are fueled, fueled by the actual crowd and what makes them do that extra. I think I just think he is one of those people that's being affected by not being around people, uh, being in home or being in the U.S. only for two, maybe two and a half years at that. It's it's all an adjustment and that I'm going to give him some leeway, even though I'm probably like really reaching, even though it might be the situation. I mean, I think it probably be more of COVID than anything than being in the U.S. because he has played well in moments before. I think it, it it's probably COVID more than anything. Oh, I'm not even talking about U.S. and like him playing against U.S. players. I'm really just being in the U.S. in general, our culture, um, being having to be closed in and not really uh, having that connection with people. It, it's a difference for people who are used to being around a lot of people, even those people who didn't really like being around a lot of people, but they found out that, dang, I needed that, that feeling of people being around. I, I avoided people and they were always around. 
now I don't even avoid them and they're still not around, but I, I'm feeling it's a, it's a certain amount of depression that comes along with not being connected with other people. So you mean not being with family? Is, is that what you mean? Well, family could be one, but I don't really think that as much as the others, but really just not having the normalcy, normal type of situation to being a basketball player. Being trying to buy people, being having those connections, uh, getting that energy from the crowd or people you meet, things like that. It's, it's, I'm probably stretching, but it could still be the situation that it attached more towards slight depression. Okay. Well, I, I kind of point towards COVID for all of those reasons. I agree. I, I think that is what creates a lot of the depression on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that does for us at So You Think You Know Sports. We'll move it along to the trivia questions. Um, Alex comes up with three trivia questions. They're almost with choice, and I'll try to give you a little bit of commentary on it. But you can go ahead with that first question, Alex. All right. So question one, which NFL, sorry, let me say that again. Which NFL player has the most points scored in NFL history? A. Justin Tucker, B, Adam Vinatieri, or C, David Akers. And just to let you know, of course, they're all kickers. Yeah, they're all kickers. Um, Justin Tucker currently plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they call him one of the most clutch kickers ever. Uh, along with Adam Vinatieri, he played for the Patriots for a very long time, then with the Colts for probably just as long. And he played all the way into his 40s. So I'm leaning towards him. David Akers, from my knowledge, I think he played with the Eagles. And I'm not sure how many points he scored. But I'm going to ask that question one more time. All right. Question one. Which NFL player has the most points scored in NFL history? A, Justin Tucker. B, Adam Vinatieri. Or C, David Akers. I think the safest choice here is Adam Vinatieri since he played on so many teams and played in a lot of playoff games. So Adam Vinatieri for final answer. Correct. 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 Had to go with the obvious. Okay. No, that's good. No, that's, that's smart. Uh, so question two, who has the most rushing attempts in NFL history? A Emmett Smith. B Adrian Peterson, or C, Damian Thomason? Mm, that's got to be really hard. Um, and it's not yards, it's rushing attempts. Uh, I know that Damian Thomason was a pretty versatile back that could catch and run pretty well. Adrian Peterson is he's one to run more often than catch. And then Emmett Smith... He was always one. He was really shifty. Didn't didn't really take a whole bunch of hits. So I'm really not sure about this one. Go ahead and ask that question one more time. Okay. So question two: Which NFL player has the most rushing attempts in NFL history? A. Emmitt Smith. B. Adrian Peterson. Or C. Ladamian Thomason. Well, Adrian Peterson is. For the most part, currently, uh, still adding on to those rushing attempts. I think he has played since maybe 2008 or 9. 
Um, so I'm gonna go with him, Adrian Peterson. Wrong on that one. It is Emmett Smith. Uh, he uh, has uh, four thousand four hundred and nine attempts. It is Emmett Smith on that one. But uh, last question here: Who has the most rushing attempts without fumbling? Same selections: A. Emmett Smith, B. Adrian Peterson, or C. Ladamian Thomason. Okay, I'm going to throw out Adrian Peterson because. For a long time, he had a fumbling problem. So, uh, hopefully, he's not the answer. So, I'm just going to throw him out. Uh, I'm not sure how well the other two were with the ball. But I'm not going to beat around the bush. So, I'm going to choose. Let's go Evan Smith. Final answer. Uh, wrong answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was actually thought I was in trouble for this moment to actually get this one. It's LaDamian Thompson. Uh, oh, okay, Thomas I know it's either one of them. He has 1,001 attempts without uh, fumbling the ball. And I thought, like, just because I put them in, I Emmett was the question or the answer in the last one that you wouldn't answer again to be him. So that's, I was like, dang it, he's going to get this one. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. I fell into it. <laughs> yeah, he fell into it. So overthought it. But <laughs> we'll, we'll do better next time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely on my side. But, That's it for So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week. All right.